1: Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We're calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories.
2: Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name's Sam Collier, and I am here right now, all the way on the West Coast, right? West Lake Village, to be exact, at the Four Seasons chilling with my friend now he's an incredible influencer internationally known nationally known new author pastor extraordinaire of one of the greatest churches in america helping to lead the urban faith community to the next level and now even crossing over he's married to sarah jakes roberts now right the forward to his new book wholeness has been done by none other than the td jakes bishop td jakes and honestly, uh, he, he's just somebody that you need to know. If you don't know him, you need to know him. Follow him on Instagram. I think this episode is going to be pivotal for where we're going in the church and in the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ray Roberts. How you doing, man? Hey, Sam. <laughs> Bless you, man. Yeah, yeah.
3: I appreciate that introduction, and I thank God for you and what you're doing.
2: Man, it is an honor, honestly, to be here. When they said I had the opportunity to come out, I was just stoked. I was like, I have to, whatever I have to do, move some things around so I can come out here. Now, you have a church. It's called One Church LA, but now the Potter's House at One Church LA. What's one of the songs that you guys are singing that we can play on the show?
3: Oh, there's so many. Um, I like Travis Green, uh, <laughs> You Made a Away. Yeah, yeah. I- I'd yeah. love to hear that. Just if
2: it's okay. in your spirit. <laughs> in your spirit. I would love that. All right, we'll be back. I how,
4: but you at you by surprise you got this figured out and you're watching us now and when it looks as if we can't win wrap us in your arms and step in and everything we need you supply, you got this and now we know that you made our way when our backs were when our backs were against the wall, and it looked as if it was over.
2: So I don't know who I was talking to, um, but it was a good friend of mine, and she said to me, you know, I'm in L.A. now, I'm going to this new church, and it is rocking my world. I'm like, what? What, what are you talking about? She said, have you heard of it? It's, it's called One Church, L.A., and I was like, no, I've never heard of that. What is it? She said, you got to look it up, and then everywhere I went, people were going, have you heard of one church? Have you heard of one church? I said, who is this dude? I went on Instagram. I found you. It was like a diamond in the rough. I'm like, how have I not known about this guy? And then I started looking up, and we started seeing you with Devon and Megan Good and John Gray and all of these influencers. You were that next guy. You were the now guy. And then had like a Rockefeller meets kind of Ted Turner's family (laughs) moment where two heavy Wait, families in the faith joined together when you got married to T.D. Jake's daughter, and it was just incredible. Um, Now you've got a new book. You're pastoring in Denver and L.A., and then sometimes in Dallas. We say around here that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. So we try to have people on the show that are living in their greater story, and that's obviously you, but we know it didn't start there, okay? Take us from Little to Ray up to where you are now, man.
3: No, absolutely. I think that if you would have uh, come to me... 15, 16, 17 years ago and said that you'd be pastoring and you'd have this life of impact and really changing people's lives around the world, I would have laughed at you. (laughs) uh, Because that's not the way it started. You know, I'm a a byproduct of a single parent family. You know, uh, my father, you know, I knew him, but he didn't raise me. I was raised by my mom. I remember my mom, you know, riding the bus. I remember when she got her first car, you know. Mm. and uh, But one thing my mom did was she always exposed me to environments that were greater than the environment that I was living in you know mm. from East Oakland to Watts so I saw it all <laughs> what? I what mean side? come on <laughs> man it's you know and uh, and I thank God for you know the experiences that I had there, but they were rough and they were difficult. I got shot when I was 16 years old. What? Almost died. You know it was crazy. You know a drive-by shooting and and these grown men shot me and and left me for dead. But I had faith oh, even my at, goodness. it was crazy. But I had faith even at nine years old. I remember telling my mom when she got to the ER. I said, Mom, don't worry. If I die, I'm going to heaven. You know Jesus. <laughs> I mean it was just crazy. So faith has always yeah. been a part of my life. But I didn't really uh, I didn't know that you could really walk with God. I just thought that if you got in trouble, you can call him, he'd bail you out. Yeah. I didn't know that you can really walk with him yeah. until, you know, I was 26 and uh, and I was prospering externally. You know, my background is corporate America. I was doing wow. well in business and marketing. Okay. Okay. But inside, you know, inside mm. I was I was empty uh, and I started seeking the God of my youth. And before I knew it, it was a mm. seven month journey. You know, I found God and his, his message was simple walk with me Mm. and i say yes and the unfolding of that perpetually saying yes to god is ultimately this amazing platform and influence i have today it's it's crazy
2: wow so just to peel back the layers a little bit okay because i I think people out there that love you they follow you they watch you i'm sure they want to know so many things Mm. how did you start let's just start how did you start one church l a where did that come from? yeah it,
3: it was crazy,
2: so so I would have never thought that I would be a pastor,
3: you know it just it wasn't i just that wasn't anywhere in right. the, the the scope for me, but what happened, Sam, is when I had that encounter with God back in two thousand and I said yes to God, yeah, there was something about the yes this time that opened up. The just the world of the truth of his word and the Mm, world of the spirit mm, to me, mm. and so immediately. I began to understand the scriptures in a way that some people would have to go to school forever right. to learn. But it was almost instantaneous, and uh, and I started talking about my experience, and my friends started getting saved, and people what? on my in my job started getting saved. And so ministry wasn't something that I chose; it chose me. It was really it was the organic overflow of what was happening in my life personally. Mm. And uh, and so being a business person, I said, "Wow, this is a gift! Like this is you know this is affecting people's lives." I'm a business guy, so I think structure for the sake of impact. Mm. And so for me, building Ooh, a church it was just to facilitate the flow that was coming out of me. And God told me to plant it in North Hollywood, and that thing just took off. It wow. began to grow, and it attracted all these influencers and in arts and entertainment and the next thing you know, you've got the who's of who's coming there, and not for the sake of coming to the hot church. Right. I was preaching the truth. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I was, you know, you know, <laughs> you, you were, it, and you are. But, but with language that this generation could understand.
4: Mm. And
3: uh, and I bore my scars. I told the truth. I put it all out there. I walked with God in integrity. Kept giving God the heart yes. And before we knew it, you know, we had three thousand people or more a week coming into our wow. services. <laughs>
2: I love the structure for impact. Yes, because and that I think that says a lot about uh, a person that can start a movement in the 21st century, uh-huh. especially a faith movement. You have to kind of understand those components of structure and even of business to and branding to get it to the next level. The other piece I love is when you said, "Hey, I, I was teaching in a language that they could understand." Yes, and, and you're still doing that. Take us from there to marrying. Into the Jake's family.
3: Yeah. Well, well, it was crazy. You know, I was at a point in my life where, you know, I had gone through a, a very difficult breakup, a difficult uh, divorce. It wasn't difficult in the sense that there yeah. was any sin or any adultery, anything like that. Sure. The foundation from the start, unfortunately, was not the Lord. It mm-hmm. was lust and I get it. sex and all that kind I of stuff. It. And so I totally so, get it. So that marriage, unfortunately, you know, well, I, I can't say unfortunately, but it was. It was hurtful at the time. Yes. That thing dissolved. And I made a commitment to God. I said, God, I don't want to date. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to be married for you. And if you bring somebody into my life, you mm. have to mark that person mm. as the person that heaven has sent. That's right. Without any question, and then I will see, <laughs> you know what I mean, where we go. And so um, so we met in a business meeting. You know, my first book, Purpose Awakening, had, was coming out. And then uh, Sarah's book, uh, her first big book, Lost and Found, was coming out. Yeah. So a mutual friend brought us together for a business meeting because he was trying to help her promote her book. <laughs> and he's like, you know, one L.A. is a hot church. The millennials right. there. You right, got to come. Right. So we meet in this meeting. And uh, and something happened. Now it wasn't romantic immediately, right? You know, because I was—we both were kind of like, right? right. You know, I didn't realize she had made the same (laughs) commitment that I did. Yeah. But uh, we met in that meeting. And uh, and I knew that there was a unique anointing on her, and uh, and we decided to keep in touch. And a month later, we met at a conference. Long story short, you know, we from that conference ended up having dinner in L.A. And I fell in love with her. We fell in love with each other on the mm. spot. Now I'm the type of dude. Somebody come and tell me that my parishioners. I just it's love at it first sight. I start rebuking <laughs> devils. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's you because I didn't believe in that. You know, right, and Right? And you still have to qualify it. But through a series of, of qualifying experiences and encounters, it was, in fact, true that God was bringing us together. And, uh, and my thing was, look, you can just be my wife. You don't have to be first lady. You don't have to do any of that. Right. But ministry, again, was the organic overflow mm. of what God was doing in our lives. And the response, the global response of our marriage and our relationship and our effect on culture yes. is overwhelming even yes. to this day.
2: Well, Neil, you know, he has a lyric that goes, I'm a movement by myself, Mm. but I'm a force when we're together. Man. Here's something that, and I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like everybody can see it. You and Sarah hooked up, and again, you were already a movement by yourself. Mm. And then you guys joined together, and some incredible things started to take place. And now we're we're kind of seeing a family in ministry together, from Bishop Jake's to Sarah Jake's to what you're doing, we're seeing you guys come together. God has moved some things around, and there's some crazy stuff happening. Take us into that world for a second. What do you see happening through your family right now? Uh, it's it's
3: absolutely unprecedented. Mm. Uh, God is such a God of restoration. You know, the year that I met Sarah, my father died unexpectedly, my mm. natural father, and uh, and Bishop and Sarita stepped in. Uh, almost immediately. I became his Mm. son almost the the first day we really had a a conversation. Mm -hmm. But to sit back and to see Bishop Jake's vision and dream its one thing to do something amazing in your time. It's another thing to still be alive and coherent and see your legacy continuing. Mm. And I just want to, you know, for me, I want to see every dream that's in Bishop's heart. You know, and I'm a man of God, and I understand. You know, it's not just being successful, but you put your life in ministry, you put your blood, your sweat, and tears. Mm. There's a cost to ministry that no one would ever even realize. They just see the glory of it, they see the fruit of it, but they don't know what the the, the time and prayer, the warfare, all those sort of things. And so. I get relief knowing that Bishop Jake's, you know, 40 plus years in ministry, working hard, transforming yeah. lives around the world, yeah. can look back and see his daughter and his son-in-law and his other daughter, Sarah, and his other children <laughs> carrying on with the, the, the anointing and the grace mm-hmm. to carry it on and take it even to, maybe even to greater heights. Mm-hmm. For me to give that to him Woo. for all that he has poured
2: into my life. Is yeah. an unthinkable blessing mm. We gotta go to a song um, we're, we're here with the uh, Tore Roberts, Pastor Tore Roberts When we come back, we're gonna talk about His incredible new book, Holiness That is coming out very soon, Winning in Life From the Inside Out We'll be back
4: You called out my name Knew my past covered my shame this amazing grace You've shown so patiently Left me, God. Where would I be? Lift it up now if you left me. I don't want to know.
2: Pastor Teray Roberts, Uh, we're getting ready to talk about his brand new book, Wholeness, Winning in Life from the Inside Out. The Ford is done by uh, New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes um, of the book that just came out, Soar. Man, why is this book important? We were just talking about some incredible things about passing the baton to the next generation. I mean, connect all of that for us and then introduce us to how this book came about and And why it's important?
3: Yeah, I. It's funny. I was talking to uh, Stephen Furtick; he's a good friend of mine, and he was. uh, I was saying, I was telling him how about how I feel about this book, and I said, Stephen, if I didn't write another book, Hmm. and this was the last book I left in the earth, I would be satisfied. (laughs) He was like, "Wow!" And I think it's because, yeah, man, because I think that. You know, there are plenty of books about getting saved. There are plenty of books about right. who Jesus is, right. you know, God is, all these amazing books Jesus is that talk about who he is. But I think that there is there are less books out mm-hmm. there that talk about what the journey should look like post-salvation. Mm. And, uh, and I wrote the book because I realized good people, wonderful Christians, Christians who love God oftentimes don't realize that there are invisible barriers, boundaries, blockages in their life that they can't see. Mm. They're invisible. They're completely invisible. Mm. And they're keeping them from what God has for them on this side of the Jordan Mm -hmm. River. And so, you know, you've got a lot of other groups, you know, kind of the New Age groups and modern thought groups that, that, you know, that try to speak to it. But no one or very few people. It, with significant platforms, we're talking about this process of becoming whole. You might call it uh, just it's sanctification, but in the language of the culture, and mm-hmm. it gives practical steps. You know, we were talking about, and I loved our conversation offline, right. but you know, we were talking about legacy and passing the baton, and That's and right. we were trying to figure out, you know, why— is that hard, you know, for for churches to do so? And That's I think right. one of the reasons is because sometimes pastors are broken. Ooh. They have insecurities. Uh, where if, if I'm not pastoring, if I'm not the head honcho, if I'm not the chief, then where is my value and mm. where is my significance? And so so their role has become idolatry, mm. and and you get this whole Saul thing going. Right. You know where there is a David <laughs> on the rise for the sake of the the fulfillment of the legacy of your ministry, mm. but because you're broken and, and, and you don't know where to find value, you're killing your Davids. And as a result Ooh, of it, we're seeing... You're killing your Davids. You're killing your Davids. <laughs> David was for Saul. <laughs> he was for Saul. He was so mm. for Saul mm-hmm. that when he had an opportunity to kill him and take him out, mm. he did not. I will not touch the Lord's anointed. He took care of his family after Saul died the horrible death. And so, so I think that wholeness for leaders mm-hmm. is huge. That's I wrote right. this as a leader, not to say that I have arrived, but I have learned over the years that I've been walking with God that sometimes your greatest enemy is the enemy within that you can't see.
2: Mm. Talk to us about some of those enemies. As you are pastoring the millennial generation and leading leaders now, what are some of the enemies that you see that led you to write this book uh, i 've got two
3: chapters that come to mind right away three I mean the whole <laughs> book I, I just uh, but maybe the first enemy is the enemy that would lead you to believe that you 're whole already mm. you know the, the The first section of the book is called "Things We Tell Ourselves that Keep Us from Wholeness <laughs> Chapter one. Quote, I thought I was whole already, you know. And so I I think that um, because no one's talking about it, uh, you know, mediocrity is very deceiving. Most people, Mm. when you think about mediocrity, you think uh, that mediocrity means normal, or average. But if you break that word down to its origin, it's from two words, medi and ocris. Mm -hmm. And it literally means, medi means mid, ocris means rugged mountain. So what mediocre really means is halfway up a mountain. Mm. That is not average. (laughs) That is not, no, that's failure. 50% halfway (laughs) up the mountain. Yes. So when you think about Potential, in order to realize potential, you've got to take the limits off. Mm. And what do you do when there are limitations that you can't see? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, uh, so the first one, I think that the first invisible barrier is the barrier that says, I'm fine, I'm good. You know, but then there are things like insecurity. You know, mm-hmm. I've got a whole chapter in the book about insecurity. It's called inner security because security, mm-hmm. God wants you to have inner security so that you won't be trying to find security externally. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe your insides determine your outside, but I'll give you one point please, in the book please. that I talk about. Um, insecurity, you know, insecurity really is a feeling. It's a feeling of insecurity. And when you have that feeling of insecurity, you shrink, Uh, you have capacity that's untapped because in your mind, you feel like you're less than, you're not enough, you're not good enough. So you can, Mm. you know, you can, you rehearsed for the audition or the job interview, you had your points, boom, 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 did you, you get in the room and all of a sudden something hits you Ooh. and now you're, now you're operating at less than your actual capacity because something hit you. And so, <laughs> and so one of the things that I talk about when a person is insecure, and, and you, this is all for free, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay, okay. But, but when a person is insecure, insecure is evidence that a negative and untrue thought has been embraced by you.
4: Mm. See,
3: people say, I feel this way, but you don't understand the feeling is connected to a thought. And so, so there's a process to overcoming insecurity. First of all, you look at the feeling because the feeling is going to point you to a thought. I feel this way. Okay, what thought is creating this feeling? Ooh. And then when you bring that thought into the light, you will discover that that thought does not line up with the word of God. Mm. It does not line up with what God has spoken to you, a and an imposter, has hijacked your mental space and is robbing you so you identify that thought you uproot that thought but then guess what you got to put the truth in there and so i, I wanted to be such um i wanted to be like this i want the moment that you feel insecure for insecure to insecurity to be the catalyst to wholeness because you, mm. you're learning this process oh wait that's a lie so if that's a lie what's the truth? Oh, that's the truth. I uproot the lie, put the truth in, meditate on that truth, and the next thing you know, I am walking in wholeness and security and where I was once insecure and weak, now all of a sudden I'm confident Mm. because I didn't just allow these thoughts to hang out in my mind. I arrested them. The Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You look up that word in the Greek, that Mm. word has to do with what you're thinking. And then it goes on to say, "Cast." down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, exalts itself against the knowledge of what God has said concerning wow. me. So there are tunneling, there are past regrets, there are all sorts of things. But again, these things become normalized in our lives because they've been with us for so long and wholeness is all about identifying them, overcoming them, kicking them out so that you can flourish the way
2: God has designed you to. We gotta go to a song. <laughs> we gotta go to a song when we come back more from the guru to Ray Roberts on wholeness. We'll be back. Now
4: I'ma tell it well
5: i am going tell it everywhere I go. Tell it well tell Yeah, I'ma beautiful. Tell the world. Tell, yeah, I'm a tell it on like a radio.
1: Tell the world. You are. I'm brand new. Uh, I know one thing's true. I don't even really deserve to know you, but I, I'm a witness that you did this. And I'm brand new, so I, I'm ready to go. And I'ma tell the world what they need to know. i a slave to myself, but you let me go. I tried getting high, but it left me low. You did what they could never do. You cleaned up my soul and gave me life. I'm so brand new, and that's all that matters. I, I ain't love you first, but you first love me. In my heart I cursed you, yeah. but you set me free. Oh. I gave you no reason to give me new seasons, to give me new life, new breathing. No. But you hung there bleeding, you died for my lies and my cheating, my lust and my greeding. What is a man huh. that you mindful of him? What? And what do I have to desert his loving? Hey. is? trying to make the moment slap.
5: World
1: you ought to know I'm brand new. I can't offer you nothing, nah. but your Carolina's keep coming, yeah. and your love is so unconditional. Like it butterflies in my stomach. Uh. I got the old me in rear view, got a new me got a clear view. Uh. That was so dead I couldn't hear you too deep to come near you, but you drew me in you cleaned me up, so take me home beat me up, before you do just let me tell the truth and let these folks know that I done seen your love and it's everlasting, infinite it goes on and on, you can't measure it can't quench your love, it can't separate us from the love of God, there's no estimate my face looked the same, I framed it rearranged but I've changed, i promise I ain't the same, your love so deep you suffered and took pain, you died on the cross to give me a new name, ain't nothing like I seen before I got a beam and glory, I was low down and dirty but you cleaned me Lord, you adopted me you keep rocking me, I'ma tell the world ain't no stopping me. Trying to make the moments last. Christ is a new creation The old has passed away Behold
2: doctor to Ray Roberts. <laughs> Are you a doctor yet? No, not yet. Man. Almost,
4: almost.
2: <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Brother Minister. Uh, we're talking about your new book, Wholeness, Winning in Life from the Inside Out. One of the things that we just talked about that I think is incredible, that I think so many people want to know is this. You said, if I was not whole, I could not be married to Sarah Jakes Roberts. Talk about that. Oh, man. And then we'll move a little bit. It's right. so
3: true. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even be in the family if I wasn't whole. Uh, one, it, I mean, we'll start. I'll get to Sarah, but let's yes. just start with Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, as a, as a man of God who's not nearly remotely anywhere as accomplished as my father in law. If I didn't know who I was his very presence would communicate failure to me, Woo-hoo. you know, and that's just with my dad. With, with Sarah, now think about, now Sarah is an amazing preacher. She's an amazing writer. We do all the same stuff. Mm. She writes books. <laughs> she preaches. She is a social influencer. She's got a larger following than me. You know what I mean? And some mm. of my followers, you know, I, right. I post my, my highest liked Instagram posts, are not posts of me. Right. They're posting me and my wife's <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, in some environments, it's crazy. You know, like wow. in the Hollywood environment, she's known as my wife. Right. But in the church environment, I'm known as her husband. Right. <laughs> so so if I wasn't whole, man, I, I would be competing
2: wow. with my
3: blessing. Ooh. I had a guy ask me once... Uh, and I, I won't say his name, but we were doing a show together. And he was like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, if, if, if more people gravitate towards Sarah than you, I said, I'm going to thank the Lord for the increase. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's because it's not about me. Yeah, I, I'm content with, with as long as I am walking in my potential. Ooh, there that it is. That is success, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so I couldn't have met Sarah five years ago, four years ago. That's right. I wasn't whole enough. That's right. And that's why I wrote wholeness. I'm wondering what might God be keeping back from you because you're not whole enough to not sabotage the blessing that you're praying mm. for.
2: Get old. Do you think that um, people that are not walking in their potential— mm have a hard time walking with people that are walking in their potential. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I talk about is one of the
3: the uh, signs of, of wholeness is generosity. Uh, and I talk <laughs> about how um, jealousy is the absence of generosity. Mm. Uh, I can't be generous in applauding and celebrating you because I feel like in my mind, I've been convinced that your upgrade is my downgrade, mm. your promotion is my demotion, and so broken people. And sometimes they're good people. I, I've got a good friend. I love. I consider him a friend, but he's jealous of me. Mm. You know, and, and and it's not an evil jealous. <laughs> right, right. It's just an insecure jealous. So I get it, it doesn't come from an evil place, but man, while you're jealous of me, you're being distracted from the gift that I am, the very thing that you might you are cel- you you're jealous about. If you celebrate it, you can have it. Right. You know, and, and so uh, so when you're whole, you realize that what That's God so has for you is for you. You know, I, I, I write in wholeness, I say something to the effect of, you can never expect to receive in your own life what you are unwilling to celebrate in someone else's. You can never <laughs> expect to receive in your own life what you are unwilling to celebrate in the life of someone else.
2: Wow. Listen, just before we transition to another topic, I want to know about one chapter in here that says thou shalt know thy patterns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is that about? Talk to us.
3: That's one of my favorite chapters. Uh, Everything in life was created by a pattern. Everything. And knowing your patterns, thou shalt know your patterns, is a chapter that teaches you to be what I call traceable.
4: Mm. Uh,
3: As a human being, we we have to be self-aware. We're we're in a time where we are aware of everything in life. You know, because of the information age, social media, we know everything. We're experts overnight about mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. except ourselves.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: so so when I talk about patterns, I talk about ultimately the fruit of patterns, the outcomes of patterns. So a pattern has to do with three things: your perceptions, <laughs> your processing, and the reaction which is the outcome so a lot of times we look at Reaction, And we're trying Mm. to figure out why is this always happening? Why do I react this way? Why do people always react this way? Right. (laughs) And a lot of times you have to trace that back to your reaction is based on how you process something and and how you process is based on how you perceived it. So I get into that. I help people to understand, to trace themselves Mm. because sometimes the problem is the pattern. Mm. And so if I can change the pattern, if I can create healthy patterns instead of patterns instead of unhealthy patterns, that I can change the outcomes that I'm getting in life. It's a huge
2: chapter. Mm. Huge. Mm -hmm. If you were to talk to leaders, um, Christians, um, people that may be listening that may not be Mm faith-affiliated but are inspired by what you're saying, if you were to talk to them and tell them one or two reasons why they need to get your book, which we have a million already, (laughs) talk to them right now, and then we'll go to a break. Yeah, I think
3: that it, it is a... You know, the the perspective of the book is a universal perspective, but I do make it very clear in the 11th chapter of the book what the underpinnings of that perspective are, and those are the things that I've learned in God, my relationship with God and faith through Jesus Christ. But these principles are life principles for business. If you have teammates who are insecure
4: Mm -hmm.
3: in your business, Mm -hmm. uh, or you as a leader are threatened by someone that that God has sent to you, you know, (laughs) to take your business to the next level, that's going to be a problem. You will sabotage growth and success because there are inner Deficiencies, mm-hmm. right? You want to create an environment of wholeness on your team. Teams that do well, companies that do well, are teams that don't have that comp- competitive, yes. jealous, unhealthy yes. thing. So, so the lack of wholeness can affect your bottom line. You know, if you're in relationships, oh, it's true, <laughs> affect your bottom line. If you're in relationships and you kind of haven't figured out what your journey to God is, what have you? And I pray that everyone does. You know, and and that's something that we all have to work out and walk out. Mm-hmm. You still need to. Understand the, the keys to relationships I've got a chapter called Two halves don't make a whole right. You know, there are five
2: things And so so really this book is for everyone I, I really believe it is Yeah, listen, we're sitting here with I'm going to say it New York Times bestselling author <laughs> Amen <laughs> To be, uh, to Ray Roberts As we talk about his incredible book Wholeness Make sure that you go get it Winning in life from the inside out When we come back I'm going to ask Dr. Roberts <laughs> About his opinion on the state of the country, and how we can move forward in unity. We'll be back.
5: Thinking about the world, looking at the nation. Suicide, genocide, homicide. Three words come to mind. Times are changing, yeah. No more rumors, there are wars going on doctor scientists making clones economy got some backs against the wall people dying for no reason at all people of god don't even read their bibles there's no faith no trust in the word but everybody seems to be quoting scripture it's just another word they heard Pastors leaving pulpits cause they're tired It's all based on how we feel I Overheard two people speaking the other day One said that God's not real But I'm just one of them more people Who's got a hold on Sometimes I can't see But I still believe He's taking care of me Just one of them old people. God's gotta hold on, and I believe, I believe, yeah, I believe, I believe, yeah. So I'll choose to look on the brighter side, in spite of all the negativity I'm surrounded by. No, it ain't perfect, but that's alright. Cause his hand is on me and it's keeping me alive (laughs) So many disappointments So much I don't understand So much I don't have answers for That's what makes me trust you more In a world that's always changing Everything's rearranging But no matter what's going on, I'ma be standing, I'ma be holding on. Your truth, their truth, my truth. Your God, my God, our views. All I know is one thing nowadays, is we all need hope, we all need faith. And I'm just one of them old people who's got to hold on. Can't see, but I still believe He's taking care of me. Yes, He is. Oh, I'm just one of them old people. God's got a hold on. Don't you let go of me, Lord? Please, I believe, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I'm just one of them old people who's got a hold. Of me. Yes, he is. Oh, I'm just before God's got hold of. I believe, I believe. I believe, I
2: believe. Sitting here with Terre Roberts, um, he's incredible. We're getting ready to talk about uh, the climate in our country. But before we get there, I thought you mentioned something that I think applies to wholeness Mm. um, about your relationship with Bishop Jakes and you taking Denver— um, and you keeping L.A. and him fighting you on it yeah. and in a good way. But, hey, that would be amazing. But still, wait, I still want to respect what you have. And we even talked about, you know, how you kind of came up. Yeah. You didn't really come up under anyone. You built your mm-hmm. own thing. And so, quote, unquote, submitting to yeah. someone else who is, like, ah, I don't hey, hey, hey. Tell us about that story a little bit before <laughs> we <laughs> jump into the nation. Well, it, it,
3: it's, it's really funny, and my my wife, Sarah, laughs about this to this day, but when we first started dating and, you know, we were getting close and it was obvious that, you know, we were headed to the altar, you know, I remember one day telling her, now look, <clears throat> I know your daddy is, quote unquote, T.D. Jakes, bro. <laughs> you know, I just want to let you know I'm my own man, you Yeah, know, I'm not going to be kissing nobody's bottom, you know what I mean? <laughs> I built my church from scratch. I didn't have any mentors, or anything like that. I just want you to know. Right. I, I know everybody in the world right. might be bowing down, but I just wanted you to know. I'm, I'm not, not. going. You know. And my chest all poked out. And really, it was brokenness. Mm. Because, you know, I had to overcome some obje- some rejection that I experienced, yeah. you know, in the church and in the kingdom. And I didn't want to put myself in a position to be rejected through being vulnerable. Uh, wow. And Sarah just kind of looked at me and smiled. And I think that she's got a keen insight on things. Uh, but, you know, so <laughs> so I had to, in all honesty, mm. the Lord spoke to me and told me that I was supposed to submit to Bishop Jakes. Mm. And it took me six months to actually be obedient and do it. And, and I remember going to him, we were in Australia together. We were both speaking there. And uh, and I called my father in law and I said and it was hard I was crying like a baby and I just said Dad, you know I, I really feel like you know the Lord told me to submit to you mm-hmm. and if and 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 if I have to close up shop in L.A. and come to Dallas and shine your shoes whatever you know I have to do to to be your son whatever you need from me to fulfill your destiny I will do Wow and uh, and it was a powerful moment I cried you know he cried it it was real. Uh, and one thing that I love about Bishop Jakes is he said, I really appreciate that, son. He said, uh, you know, I don't need anything, you know, and uh, and I respect what you said. And my commitment to you is I will never abuse or take advantage of that level of submission. Mm. And our relationship went to a, a whole other level. That was in 2000 and uh, I think maybe 14 or early 15. and mm. uh it just it was just God. And so even when it came to Denver, um my dad didn't bishop he didn't want me to, to, to take over Denver.
1: Wow. You know, he,
3: he 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 fought it in his humanity because he knew what I built there, you know, and he was trying to protect me, you mm-hmm. know, and uh and but when I told him and I laid it out I said, Dad, you know, God I really feel like God has called me to this and this is why and he basically said, Well I'm gonna get out of the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the way it so happened is that we were able to keep both campuses. God gave us this vision, which I think was God's vision the entire time. Sure, sure. To cause one church to finally, even though it was a successful church, to finally come into alignment yes. for the sake of destiny and legacy. <laughs> and it has been a brilliant marriage. He always jokes. It was like we were kind of like shacking up for all those years, and now we finally went and tied the knot. But, um, but just an incredible human being. And I think that— you know, I think that you should be submitted, but you got to find somebody that is worthy of your submission.
2: Yeah, and you know, just translating for my white brothers and sisters out there that don't use the submission language. <laughs> right, right, right. It means to join. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. To come up on, un- to come in alignment with the vision, um, and to be unified. And that's what you guys have done. Is a level of respect. It's understanding. Hey, you know where everyone sits and how things are to be played out uh, for the purpose, as you said. Of legacy. Absolutely. Um, As we (sighs) talk about our country, Mm. um, you know, I I explained to you a little bit earlier about our audience. Mm -hmm. We've got Republicans, 50%, and then Mm we're 50% Democrat.
3: Yeah.
2: Or maybe we're 40-40 and then the other. Right. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I think uh, keeps us all in common— or connects us is Jesus.
3: Yeah,
2: we all love Jesus, and yeah. we're all at the end of the, at the end of the day. We want love to win. Yeah, what I'd love for you to do is pull back the curtain for a second mm-hmm. because you lead a lot of African Americans. Yeah, you yeah. lead a lot of minorities, yeah. and I'm sure there are some Caucasians in there as well.
4: Sure,
2: um, help us understand mm-hmm. what is the minority community, the minority faith based community feeling right now about America? Yeah, I think that
3: uh, that they're concerned. You know, I think we are concerned. I think that one of my roles as a voice to, in particular, that community is to um, reassure them of some things. The first thing I want to reassure them of is no matter which side you lean left or right, our hope is never in the White House.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, we, we pray for the White House. We, uh, you know, we, we love our president. Um, and sometimes for some, uh, it can be difficult, particularly if you, you were disappointed with the election of our commander-in-chief now. Right. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, young people are passionate. Um, I think that there is some unfair... Uh, coverage and reporting uh, surrounding uh, what's taking place in Washington. Uh, But I would venture to say that some has been earned. Uh, And there is just a culture and a climate right now of vitriol and Mm. and division that is repulsive. And it's on both sides. It's not a one-sided thing. It's on both sides. Um, I think that there is an opportunity— for the church to actually begin to be the church. I don't think that the church is a political party. I think it is a huge mistake and one that may cost us dearly if the church becomes known not for our proclamation of the gospel of good news, love, of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that we're in danger if the church becomes known for her... uh, Her political affiliation, that's what I'm afraid of. And I think that it's going to take some unique voices that know how to walk in a very balanced way uh, the fine line between the kingdom, uh, culture, and politics. I don't think that Jesus would vote for Anybody. (laughs) I really don't. I think he would say, let's render to Caesars what's Caesars and to me what's me. I don't want you looking. I want you to pray for the White House, but I want your hope to be in me. Uh, I'm afraid because if the church doesn't play this right, I think that we run the risk of being labeled something that I don't think that we are necessarily. Hmm. Uh, Jesus and the church— is having increasingly, more and more, the worst PR ever. Wow. So I think that we have to be sensitive. Uh, I think that we have to model Christ and uh, and not be caught up in the, the environment of division and hate. And mm-hmm. oh, we just got to find a way to rise above that and truly be the light of the world and not pointing
2: to the left or to the right. Mm. Martin Luther King said that the most segregated hour in America mm. is Sunday. We still see that mm. at times. Um, first of all, let me thank you for what you said. It was very eye-opening and um, I think encouraging and inspiring. Um, and I, th- I, think, I think it's great leadership. What would you say we need to do to come together? Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think we need to focus on the main thing. I think that we need to get back to the basics. Uh, here's the reality. If there was disagreement, theological dis- disagreements in the days of the early church, where it all started, where we w- were so close to Jesus that we could smell his scent, <laughs> how much more should we almost expect to not be on the same page entirely, even in the era of theology? Paul simplified He said, look. I claim not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm. I don't think that we have to agree upon every single theological point in order to be together around the mm. main cause, and that is lifting up the name of Jesus, uh, arguing the faith. I I, I want to change that word. I don't want to use that term promoting, proclaiming in the faith, because I don't think the truth has to be argued. Mm-hmm. The truth just is. And if you package that truth with love, it is going to convict hearts and souls, and they're going to come and be one to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have to be willing to give a little, uh, one, uh, not give a little on your personal beliefs, but give a little on your insistence on people seeing it exactly the way you see it in order for you to walk together. Mm-hmm. Two, I think that we're going to have to cross the aisle. We're going to have to walk Mm. across the street. Uh, I need to—I'm so proud of my friend Stephen. I probably can't—well, we'll we'll probably be out. But he's working on a project right now with uh, Charlemagne— you know, mm. the radio personality. We
2: saw something bubbling. I know.
3: I, I, I'm giving it away. But I won't tell too much of it. but right. But I saw it, and it, it's, an, it's an incredible example of both Charlemagne and Stephen Furtick. Charlemagne, obviously, African-American, hip-hop personality, radio personality. Right. You know, Stephen Furtick, white guy. But sometimes, I don't know, I wonder, I <laughs> but the way he preaches and he brother, sings. what, I, what color I, are right, you, brother? Exactly. I'm going to run his DNA just to make sure, but... But no, clearly, you know, uh, white gentleman, you know, uh, not trying to be black. He's a white man. And them coming together and crossing the aisle and having meaningful conversations. I think that a lot of it is misunderstanding. Mm. I think that we don't take time. Sometimes we're so committed to being right that we leave off being empathetic uh, and caring. Empathy. Empathy. Yeah, and empathy. So I, I really think that we're going to have to come out of our comfort zone because Jesus wants a united church. Mm. You know, people think that the Lord's prayer is our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy. No, that's the model prayer. That's when, where he modeled prayer. The Lord's prayer is the prayer that the Lord prayed, and the prayer that the Lord prayed was that we would be one. Mm-hmm. His, his words upon going to the cross was, I need my church to be one, and if my church is one, then the world is going to know that I'm the real deal. The world's going to know that I was sent. (laughs) And it's because we are doing this difficult thing that necessitates divine strength and help, and that is to actually be one. Lastly, Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, you know, I beseech you, walk worthy of your calling. But then he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He didn't say endeavoring to create unity, he said fighting to keep unity. The Spirit is one, the church is one, we branch off, and we break off, I don't like you, I don't like the way you worship, I don't like your worship style, you worship too long, or you worship mm-hmm. not long enough, mm-hmm. or or that's too Afrocentric, or that's too white. You know, all these sort of we We, we put our personal preferences and we prioritize our personal preferences over the plan and the desire that jesus made plain on his way to the cross we'll be back
0: don't wanna go alone i'm nothing normal it gets tough for me to trust you sometimes
2: you speak. are truly incredible man thank you bro. i um i I am looking forward to seeing everything that God mm. is doing and is gonna do um It's an honor to sit at the table with you mm. likewise um it's an honor to watch you and Sarah journey yeah. Yeah. through this life mm. and honestly you 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 guys are helping a lot of people wow and um I am hoping that you know. I can do everything I can to connect you into the worlds I'm in um, and to, like you said, create that bridge um, so that the church can go to another place and the country can be inspired in a new way. As we close, I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man. Right. But as we close for today, what's next for you and Sarah? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I'm excited about this book.
3: Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to do everything in my power to get this book in as many hands across the world as possible. Yes. Uh, My wife— We're going to do
2: our part, too. I appreciate (laughs) that.
3: I I, really—I know uh, that it's going to help— a lot of people in tremendous ways. Yeah. Um so that's that. My wife also I'm watching her vision for her first women's conference. Yes, it's actually yes. the beginning of a movement called Woman Evolve yes. that's happening in July in Denver, so we're excited about that. And she's you know, she's doing Joyce Meyer for the first time. She's traveling huh. <laughs> all around the world, so that's incredible. Uh, I've stepped into my calling as a leader of leaders, that's right. And so, uh, so this is actually the first media outlet to even hear about it. But, uh, mm. but I've launched a ministry called the Called, and it's going to be focused on four aspects of leadership: uh, the head of the leader, the head, the mind of the leader, the heart of the leader, the honing of the leader. And, uh, and the hands of a leader, which deals with their impact and their effectiveness. And I'm excited about helping to shape the next generation of leaders into what I believe that this world is going to need mm-hmm. in order for the kingdom to continue to advance in increasingly more challenging times. Wow. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, and, and then I want you to pray for us and we'll be done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm on all the social media. I love Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it's just at Torrey Roberts. It's T-O-U-R-E Roberts. They call me P-T, but it's all there. Uh, you can find it there and then um, you know for me particularly the book and I encourage people to take I have a test yes. and it's called the wholeness test yes. if you go to Hey, you can take the how test how did you get that one <laughs> God is just good I mean he's just good and it literally ranks your wholeness by percentage so it's powerful <laughs> on that site you can buy the book and you can find out more about me uh, but that's it and, but I, I'd love to pray
2: yeah man pray uh, for us
3: please Okay. well Father we thank you for this time that we've had together Lord yes. I thank you for this Time with Sam, Lord God, and all those who are listening right now, they were listening for a reason. And we believe, God, that something was said that's going to take root in their lives and bear fruit. And we pray a blessing over all of our listeners and their families that you would prosper them, that they would be in health, even as most importantly,
2: their souls prosper. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier, an international and national faith leader and pastor, and new author. I'm calling it now, New York Times best-selling author to Ray Roberts of this incredible book, Wholeness, Winning in Life from the Inside Out. We'll talk to you soon.
0: I don't want to be that light to make a second guess. Who I'm representing. No, I'm not perfect. No, I'm not ashamed to confess. I just want you to see that I'm trying. No, I just think it needs to be said Y'all don't really get the picture Focus your attention On what really matters instead
1: A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Distributed by American Urban Radio Networks.